0: Good evening everybody welcome to bullish on jiu-jitsu with professor bruce and coach joe from b1 brazilian jiu-jitsu um we have a action-packed episode today for you guys how are you feeling today joe
1: good excellent um can't complain i'm not i think i'm you know uh something's been going around i think uh like just a few people i know got sick but uh i feel i feel okay did some training tonight
0: good good yeah Big Joe looked good tonight, so he's definitely bouncing back. Um the last episode I felt like I, I we didn't uh or I my, myself didn't bring uh bring forth the best
1: Oh, I thought it was okay.
0: Interview <laughs> that we could that we could uh provide. So or not interview excuse me, the best talk that we can provide for you guys. So today, um we wanted to make up for that. So hopefully we have an action packed episode to share with our with all our listeners today and uh Again, guys, just a reminder at the beginning of the episode. If there's anything you guys would like to add in, any questions you guys might have, based off of today's discussion or past discussions, again, feel free to uh, comment down below, uh, shoot us a message, and we'd love to we'd love to hear back from you guys. And then have an opportunity to respond back uh, for all our <clears throat> loyal listeners to to uh, hear it, hear on it. Um, so today we're gonna get started, guys. Right off the bat we always hear this discussion of old school jiu-jitsu versus new school jiu-jitsu, you know, with social media and whatnot, you got a lot of different uh, material out there that, that ends up trending and um, you know, it it creates for a good discussion and a good um, mental dive into um, you know, what, what Brazilian jiu-jitsu is, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, Anything that you, I wanted to add for us Coach Joe?
1: I mean, yeah, I mean you see a lot of the, the no gi stuff and I, I think that tends to be more for the, the younger I, I think that's a- attractive, I guess, for the younger people, or maybe like people who transition from wrestling or that kind of thing. But um I don't know. I'm 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 biased. I, I've said that before, I'm biased towards doing both or you know, uh so and, and just because of the way, you know, uh, my my i i would definitely wouldn't want to do no gi or I mean, I mean i guess you could you know be like a kind of a new school guy and still do gi but in terms of uh, you know i i definitely like when when things are getting hectic to grab yeah. onto things slow things down and you really it's harder to do that with with when you're not wearing a gi everything everything's kind of slick and usually pretty fast moving you
0: know yeah i think we could split this conversation into many different um avenues or branches uh but i mean you know, I don't I I necessarily I don't like the term old school. I don't like the term new school because at the end of the day it's all jujitsu and even the techniques that you know that were that are considered new school techniques, these are techniques that have been done for many, many years. Um, you know, bring these up to my instructor. You know this isn't this isn't something that he hasn't seen before his instructor hasn't seen before you know master hensel gracie hasn't seen before um, you know these are techniques that you know these guys can sit down and have conversations about uh for hours with you and even you know shed some light into the history of it um but this week i came across an article and, and there's some youtube videos on robert drysdale speaking on this topic and i think he kind of goes up the same you know he has the same philosophy i think that we share here um you know in in his terms it was simple and efficient versus sophisticated uh or sophisticated and complicated i think was uh closely to what i what i recall uh from the uh from the interview that he was having and um you know when when robert was speaking on the subject i remembered you know my favorite you know, Toyota or my favorite car brand, Toyota. Um, And they've had success for, for, you know, decades now. And what are they known for? Reliability, right. And their their cars, you know, are very simple uh, or their past cars have been very simple, minimal things to break. Um, And that's kind of how I look at, you know, the jujitsu that we teach here. Like I don't, necessarily think there's, it's, it's been outdated, but I I think, you know, the, the, the philosophy that I follow and what makes us very successful as an academy is the efficiency behind the techniques. Everything we do is very, you know, high percentage, um, high reward style jujitsu. You know, it's something that, that we can teach anybody on the mat of all ages, you Mm -hmm. know, and that, you know, I, I regularly use in, in my, uh, you know, in the last competitions that I've had, you know, I took a couple pictures, or I had a couple pictures, um, that were taken of me and the mount, you know, and, um, you know, the reason I was able to accomplish the mount on these guys was, you know, using the same principles that we share as a group here every day, um, being a smaller weight class, like, this is what, this is, I'm in the weight class where a lot of guys tend to, um, you know go with a sophisticated complicated route and for some black belts it works very very well because it does catch a lot of people off guard especially if you're not if you're somebody that doesn't drill often
1: so like a like like what kind of move like a barambola bola, like well that? the
0: barambola i think that's kind of where it started it but from the barambola you know, you, you have a couple different leg entanglements um you know that some of the these these uh younger nogi grapplers have brought up you know through the past you know five years um but just like a cycle on anything else you know when i was a white and a blue belt i saw how dominating um, half guard have become um you know so through throughout the years you know I, I saw you know the transition from half guard into different guards that isolated hips knees ankles toes mm-hmm. well, not individual toes but like just the, the toe you know right um talking about you know the, the toehold and so forth and uh you know heel hooks were were something that that was that was starting to be utilized um at the time by ryan hall uh you know he made he made a big splash with it on the competition scene at ECC and it started to catch wind from there but still i mean at that time it kind of had a you know the leg lock game still had a little bit of a of a shadow that hey if you were if you're tapping out people using legs like it was kind of frowned upon and even, you know, going back even farther, you know, there would be some places or tournaments that would throw shoes on the mat. Really? Uh, in shame, yeah. So it kind of had, like, you know, I think that's what a lot of, that might be, in my in my opinion, why the, you know, the leg lock was, was frowned upon for a very long time. But, you know, now, I mean, that's something that we regularly use in the um, training room. But it's something that does have, it does come with its, where there's a rule set you know, because we don't want any, any injuries. Um, you know, and for me, you know, I never really believed in, you know, setting up rules that are going to discourage certain techniques. I think for jujitsu to continue to evolve and to see what, what is possible, we just need to know how to defend again, learn how to defend against it and vice versa. Yeah. So, um, you know, Robert Drysdale made a comment, he said if there was a technique that there was no defense for, everybody would do it. So, um, you know, that kind of wraps everything back around that, uh, you know. I don't like to use the term old school versus new school. I think um, at the end of the day, it's just jiu-jitsu, and it's, it's just like anything else. It's a cycle, right? Um, so do you I,
1: think Do you think there is a technique that came out within the last, like, 10, 20 years that, that is – I mean, I would say, like, you know – heel hooks and stuff are kind of like a new thing but before that like maybe when you when you started learning and then you know anything yeah
0: maybe there's some transitions that um that people didn't know were um capable or or possible just because um you know the the different mix of of grappling arts wasn't available like Mm -hmm. they are now um and that kind of goes with um that kind of goes with, uh, you know, being here in the U.S., mm-hmm. you know, it opened up a lot of doors for grappling, right, uh, for jiu-jitsu. You know, you saw jiu-jitsu black belts now doing wrestling tournaments, sambo yeah. tournaments. Um, so kind of it helped them open up their eyes to what was possible. But, you know, just like the example of the double leg takedown that's been around since, mm-hmm. you know, the Greek times or, you know, possibly farther, farther back yeah. or the ancient Greek times. So, um, uh, but the judokas maybe didn't know, hey, we can, you know, we can put this technique in with a guard pull and, you know, a throw at the same time or try or find a way to, to mix them all together. Um. So I think that's been the the biggest difference, from in my opinion, is is just the transitions that we've been able to develop with the the study of the different grappling arts. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think it, I think if you kind of see what rises to the crop, or, or what the cre- you know what the cream that's rising to the crop is smooth and efficient, simple and efficient, yeah. right? Because even when you know like we made a, a a reference to the leg lock game the leg locks that are being used in high level tournaments are, are are leg locks that essentially are simple like there's not much technique that could go wrong in that setup for it to for it to for it to work or not work right mm-hmm. like it's so I, I think it's i think for, the recipe for a successful grappler is lots of drilling but at the same time keeping the techniques simple and efficient
1: do you think leg locks the more you get put into that position where you're you know your like, achilles are you know your ankles extended mm-hmm. do you does your body get used to being in that position like because i've seen guys like in it and they don't feel like it doesn't feel like they're affecting
0: yeah you. i think as as you're it, as you progress in jitsu like I say, you're a white belt that comes in and, you know, you're working, you know, you're working one of the, uh, you know, the basic leg lock, right? Mm-hmm. The basic ankle lock. Um, and that's going to be your first taste of what the ankle lock is like, you know, throughout those classes, throughout your journey from white to blue to purple, as you're adding more techniques to your arsenal, more details to your arsenal, your body is also building that callus. And I think part of that callus is having your ligaments get comfortable stretching in that, in that motion, Mm -hmm. you know, just like, you know, the difference between a a beginner yoga student versus an intermediate yoga student. Right. Um, and that's kind of the same, you know, the same, the same uh, journey that your body takes in jujitsu. Um, you know, that's why, you know, you, you, you know, maybe you weren't able to do the shoulder, the the omoplata version of the shoulder lock as a white belt, but now that you're a, you know, a blue belt, Mm -hmm. now I, you know, you get taught the omoplata again and all of a sudden you're able to, you're able to accomplish it. Right. I mean, teaching omoplata to a white belt sometimes are like, well, how do I get my leg off from underneath? Right. Right? I'm like, turn your hips. You know, they might not, that white belt may not be accustomed to that sort of direction, but now with more experience under his belt, you know, and more mobility work under his belt, that omoplata might be a piece of cake. Yeah, for sure. So, I right, guess so we'll, we'll leave you with that. Um, like I said, keep it, you know, to, to my grapplers out there, have that be a goal for this week, you know, finding a game. Keep it simple. Keep it efficient. And on top of that, you know, never be a stranger to going back and uh, and reviewing techniques that that you've become fond of. Right. Right. I mean, you know, for, for some of my guys that have been – Training with me here the past couple weeks, you know, I've been just reviewing my neon belly. Literally nothing complicated about it. Just how can I become more efficient at utilizing my neon belly? Everything from being able to to stay up on my on my on my back leg to how can I apply more pressure to how can I force more openings not Mm -hmm. force more openings but how can i how can this how can this lead to more submission outcomes or mounting outcomes or back mount outcomes right that's been that's been my my uh area of study for the past couple months now Mm -hmm. Um, so i I see it you know i I don't see it as something that that anybody else on the mat could take and and utilize for their own uh well-being and you know instruction
1: yeah for sure um I, I like you know i guess that little news like um you know you helped me find like someone to so i could um i'm gonna start i'm gonna try to be a referee <laughs> yeah yeah so thanks for that um
0: yeah, i got big joe making his, yeah. his referee i want to i want to
1: be on the ufc one day that's what that. that's, that's my ultimate goal but <laughs> i guess jujitsu is a good start because it's, it's complicated too, but... Um,
0: yes, I mean, some of our... Sorry for cutting you off, Joe, yeah. um, but some of our some of our local referees, some referees that have made it uh, to bigger promotions are guys that you would see in the jiu-jitsu a competition scene. Yeah. You know, there's... there's um, So, I mean, I think wherever your goals want to take you. Right. I mean, it's definitely possible. And These are guys that I've been watching referee teach jiu-jitsu classes, compete, um, you know, for my journey starting out in jiu-jitsu, and now, like I said, they're they're jacks of many trades. I mean, mm-hmm. and being able to referee an a MMA match, I think, can be challenging just because of the different, you know, level changes, going from standing yeah, to the ground, sure. you, know, keep it, you know, having to be extra focused that there's no eye pokes, you know, groin, groin kicks, mm-hmm. moves on the mat, fish hooking. I mean, um, it gets pretty interesting, but definitely, I think, you know, uh, Having Big Joe step out there and, and test his um, test his knowledge and his skill set um, from a referee standpoint, I think is great for the academy. I think it, he brings a different um, a different philosophy, a different way of viewing jujitsu, um, and it keeps him it keeps him growing in the sport. So, congratulations, Big Joe! Yeah, uh,
1: and and one thing I did was I, I started looking at videos on actually how they score, and I, read, I de- there are definitely a few out there that. are basic straightforward which i really helped me like oh i didn't realize that and then you know, i was talking to you about stuff in different different positions and that stuff so it's interesting now i'm I, I really like looking forward to it i'm just you know excited to see what's going to happen so
0: yes but it's a big joe i mean like we talked about it before he's put seven plus years on the mat so you know going back with that much experience under your belt and watching um you know, some rule videos or even some mm-hmm. competition videos where maybe they, they might be breaking down the techniques. You know, he's able to absorb that information so much better because he's already well acquainted with his surroundings when it comes to, to Brazilian jiu-jitsu and grappling. Yeah,
1: but I, I do recommend if you are going to compete, at least watch those and you'll pick up a lot of stuff. Oh, I know, yeah, I know some of our guys competed. and They did, really didn't know the rules. They're getting good yeah. positions, not holding them long enough. Yeah, and that's a, that's a base, yeah. that's
0: that's common at white belt, and, yeah. and that's why I tell guys, you know, if you have goals of competing, don't make it overly challenging on yourself. Start out as a white belt. Like mm-hmm. there's like that metal means just as much at the white belt level as it does at the black belt level, you know, points wise. Uh, so it's, you know, it's it's good to to figure those things out. And sometimes having a you know, having something, having a teacher be something as difficult as competition is great because, you know, how often do I catch myself on the mat reviewing, you know, how the point system works, you know, to a, new, to a white belt student or even a blue belt student. And as soon as the conversation is done, half of that has already evaporated, right? And, that, and that's because we're, we're human, right? We have, that, we have that funnel that only so much information is getting through. So, you know, that's why, you know, I preach review when it comes to information, when it comes to um, when it comes to techniques, because even if you're reviewing a similar technique from one day to the other, I know I've been in that situation many times where I was like, well, "Holy cow! I picked up something new."
1: Mm-hmm. You know, and
0: that 18 plus years now as a Jiu-Jitsu black belt, it's like why my students will come in and they're like, "Well, why is Professor Bruce repping me on belly?" That's so you know, that's so quote-unquote basic. Mm-hmm. You know, but. <laughs> you know for those guys that that have been sparring with me, I think they you know they got to that <laughs> answer not too not too long after right. um seeing that, but I like when my students see that you know they see that you know what what uh what I preach to them is something that that i that I myself do right I'm not gonna tell you know I'm not gonna tell somebody to, to review their basic arm bar or basic sweep setup, and then you know they come in and I'm you know trying to figure out quantum the quantum physics of the (laughs) armbar yeah (laughs) you know um, i like to i like to you know to to preach what i do myself and you know i I think what's keeping me even though i'm getting older i think what's keeping me um ahead of the curve or or right alongside it is the fact that you know i feel like i never stop learning but i'm always reviewing these positions that are just are known to dominate any type of combat scenario Mm -hmm. right when it comes to you know taking a fight down to the ground and i think if you can do that i think you can be a very very unstoppable force at any age right
1: yeah i always tell the the white belts like if you're gonna if you're thinking about competing compete when you're a white belt because if you do make it to blue belt and then you might may take you a year might make two years one year you might go in a tournament on the blue belts and you're going against like five-year blue belts, you know. Yeah, but not only that. It's just
0: the level, the the level of relaxation that goes alongside having competition experience. Because you know, something I show with my with my with my competitors here is, you know, just the exercise of walking to the mat area where you're where you're designated to compete is practice in itself. You know, I, I might have shared this story with you guys once before, but the last time I competed after a long break, literally right before I was about to step onto the mat, my like I got lightheaded. My legs wow. went to jelly. And I, and I said to myself at that, at that second, I'm like, I have to step forward because I'm like, you know.
1: You're getting nervous? Is that you
0: think? I don't know. It's just your body will react in certain ways yeah. that you can't prepare for. Um, especially after like never doing it at all or having a long break for me it was that long break. I had felt that that before, but that wasn't that was from you know that was when I was a white belt. Um, and you know after three years off of the competition, man, because of COVID and having, you know, some uh, you know, being a new father, and finally having the chance to step back out, like that's how my body responded to it. And, um yeah. I had to tell my my I remember telling my own brain essentially like move right leg forward. <laughs> and I did it, so once my foot right. touched the mat, like, I'm like, if I pass out, like, yeah. in the middle of the mat, you know, there's referees here, there's medics, they can, you know, they'll right. wake me back up. But that, that's what it came down to. Yeah. Um, and once the match started going, like, it took a little bit to get the, the engine going. And uh, I recall that match, I mean, that was the toughest dude in that division that day. Wow. I mean, he was. That sucks. He was my height, but that dude was was, he was stocky. Yeah. And he came hard, like, he hit yeah. hard. Wow. you know like it's not a, it's not a striking match but right. like <laughs> somebody that i felt physically was trying to match me mm-hmm. um you know that guy was it man and uh i ended up sweeping him you know taking top position and dominating from there In you know in my eyes but um so i ended up winning the match but it was just like i mean that, that those last 45 seconds 30 seconds of the match was all hard
1: yeah that's good Maybe, that's awesome i mean that's
0: I think I think if we would take that back and do it again I feel like the uh, the match wouldn't have been as close not because like I said I want to you know I'm not blowing smoke but um, just because I know myself as a competitor and that was like you know trying to start a car up in the morning and it fires and it shuts back off right like the, it was like that fuel that rust you know th- that fuel had a car that 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 hole through through that you know fuel line to get to get that fuel to the engine. And, but once the engine got going, man. I mean, after that, it was a shaky first tournament. You know, I ended up losing a, a referee's decision in the final, so I came up with a second place. But you know, so I got on the I got on the on the podium, <laughs> smiled. Right. You know, uh, I was just happy to accept, be out there, feel what a tournament felt like again, and uh, you know, just enjoy the relief of it being over with, getting back to the drawing board. So.
1: Yeah, I remember. Uh, I mean, it's it's but these these hard moments you know your tournament or like say you're rolling with someone who's like really tough and they got you in a in a you know a compromising position and, and you somehow you know you gut it out you may but the hard the hard moments and like just these little things you can't really trade off i can't even imagine having a life where it's so just easy every day you go to work you just oh, come man. home and you and just it, you know, Joe, I don't, I like netflix the, and every day is that or something like that just something too well, easy too easy it's
0: know? it is and sometimes i mean i don't know if 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 our listeners can relate, but, you know, you, f- you get into this, not slump, but it's kind of like a, it's a downward spiral almost. I can't really, at this like point. It's a momentum thing. Or- it is. I can't find, I can't find the correct term that I would like to use that would be appropriate in this setting. But, you know, I had a, I had a distant family member ask me once, you know, he's like, Bruce, what do you think of me? Or think about me? And I was like, <laughs> You know, and Evelyn was like, "Oh boy, that's the that's word. That's a word, that's the wrong person to ask." And I said, "You know, and it was nothing negative what yeah. I thought about the guy, but you could definitely tell, like, in his eyes, like he was looking for, for a, for almost like a way out of kind of his routine." Mm-hmm. And I think it was that. I think he was looking for a challenge. And of course, I invited him to jujitsu, yeah. and I said, "Hey, man, but you got to come. You know, you got to show up Monday. It's, it's gonna be tough. Right. You know, and that's the one thing. I'm like, you know." Like you gotta show up. You can't leave me hanging. Mm-hmm. Like it can't be, you know, because people tend, you know, when life's easy, sometimes it's it's easy to talk yourself out of doing challenging things. Yeah. Right. And and what that does when things are easy for you, like okay, what's your routine today? Oh, I wake up, I go to work, I come home, like you said, watch Netflix, we go to bed, we do it all over again. Without that challenge, there, I think that's where you start to you start to get these not mental disorders, but you start to feel depressed. You start to feel anxious. You yeah. feel you feel certain things that. And I think that's your body telling you, like, you gotta get up, you gotta get right. out, you gotta, you know. I, I mean, you know, you look throughout time, like, you know, hunters and gatherers, like, you were challenged every day. Like, if you didn't find food, you weren't gonna survive, right? But we don't have those challenges now because if if I'm hungry, I can, <laughs> DoorDash, yeah, I don't even have to drive to the to the to the, right. to the fast food joint anymore. The fast food joint comes to me, you know. And I think we're just getting too used to that. And a lot of times when I see new students come in through the door you know, I see that, you know, and and in conversation, they'll share that with me or they'll tell me, but they're like, man, I was just looking for something different in my schedule. I was looking for this or for that. And, um, you know, I feel like that's something that makes our, that separates our academy from anything else out there or even, you know, any other academy is, you know, the fact that like, I consider myself somebody who has very high conviction in what we do here, right? This is something that I, um, have, You know, committed my life to for the past 18 plus years, and the study of it, and has gone deeper than just the techniques on the mat, right? Mm -hmm. I've I've been you know almost like a therapist. People have shared a lot of stories with me that have helped me make these connections in jujitsu that I I feel have made me a stronger instructor because now, you know, I catch myself oftentimes having conversations that aren't about jujitsu, but they sometimes they, they relate. Back to it right and then sometimes yeah. yeah helping somebody get out of a slump helping somebody you know accomplish a certain goal that they've been working at for many years right and you know i, I had a call today from a stu- from a potential student who was like hey you know i've been i've been at Bluebell for eight years you know a guy like him comes in and i said hey man this is our goal this is what we're going to accomplish like i am going to get him past that hurdle because i know that a, t- at a person like that if we can get past that hurdle that they've been challenged for fighting to get past for the past eight years that uh, obviously you lose momentum you plateau i mean all these but the fact that this guy picked up the phone and called us was like i know that the, that 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 fire is still there mm-hmm. my job is to 10x that fire that tiny flame into you know a big bonfire right to get them past that obstacle right so um and sometimes you know I got guys here that you know we relate the success of how you have to, you know, what you have to do to have success on the mat, how that attributes to life, right? And you know that goes back to our previous point of simple and efficient, right? Yeah. If you want to progress in your job at work, like we talked about today, how can you beat out most of your of your you know coworkers right. showing up? <laughs> showing up, you know, doing the simple, you know, doing the simple act of being there every day that you're, that you're assigned to be there. Right. And you all of a sudden see that all of a sudden, you know, now you're at this company for five, 10 years and you're seeing people fall off mm-hmm. alongside you that whole time. Right. And I mean, you know, that's something that I contribute my success to when it comes to jujitsu is, you know, the length, of time that I've been associated with my instructor, Christian Uflacker. Um, you know, just taking his, his words of wisdom, advice, whatever you're going to call it, even if sometimes it didn't make me make sense at that specific time. Mm-hmm. But he said, you know, Bruce, this is a framework. This is how we're going to lay it out. And I, and this is obviously from a jujitsu standpoint as well. And as far as also running my academy, but I, you know, I nod my head and I, go through with it. Cause I know that he wants something positive for me. Right. So I implement those rule, those, you know, that, that statement that he might've made. And one thing that I can take from that is it's always been simple, efficient, you know, ideas mm-hmm. that that have always helped us scale or be able to reach more people or keep more people on the mat. Um, you know, but past that, like I said, I think sometimes the experience that, um, that we're gaining here as a group, myself as an instructor, you know, is really helping our, helping the academy elevate, you know, cause that's something that you can't just get overnight. Right. You know, something that you sure. can't just wake up tomorrow and be like, Oh, I'm going to be the best, the most efficient at this. Like it's going to take time to work, to work into. It. And I think that's something that we've been slowly massaging, filling up. Um, filling up that water jar with one droplet every day. Mm-hmm. And that's why I tell my students, you know, if you do that, if you consistently show up, even if you don't get the technique, you know, worst case scenario, you don't get the technique. It's too challenging. I mean, you name it. I'm just, and I'm just coming up with excuses at this point to try to make it, you know, build the worst case scenario. Like if you just keep showing up, there's no one that's ever came up to me after, you know, a couple weeks weeks, a couple of months of training, six months, a year, and been like, you know, I'm where I, I'm at the same place where I was when I came into that door. Like, <laughs> yeah. That's never happened. Never happened, right? That's never happened, and I've I've seen, you know, people that have that have that have made that change in their academy, right? I, I think sometimes what, what kind of goes deeper than that is, you know, so, some students come in here looking for something, right? Have it be a, a specific age group, have it be a specific caliber of student, you know. I have people that come in here that do this as a hobby. I have people that come in here that do this from a competitive standpoint. But I said, hey, if you want us to build as a group, as a community, a stronger, for example, competitors group, Mm -hmm. that change has to start with you, right? If you are looking to have more females on the mat, that change has to start with that student, right? Because if, if, for example, if you're – a competitor and you're looking for that type of environment you come in and you're you see that there's already a competitor or two or three or four there guess what you're going to want to stick around right if you come in and you have somebody who's been really you know busting themselves on the mat getting as skilled as they can that's a female student right and more females come in and they see that they're like oh man you know i see that that young lady on the mat looks like she's really making some good strides forward well you're guess what? You're going to want to join that group. And that's how you start adding that up. Yeah. Right. right. Cause I can only do, you know, I can only do so much from, from us, from an instructor standpoint, people come in and they see, Oh, you know, this guy's not very big. And you know, he seems to know what he's talking about. You know, I can see, you know, if he can do it, I can do it. So I can only, you know, I can, you know, I, I feel like I do a good job of, of reaching my potential as far as reaching out to people and getting, getting them to see the positive and the, and the, uh, the, uh, you know, the changes that they can make in themselves. But, you know, I, I from time to time I you know, with with, with students that bring it up I, I share with them the importance of them being that you know, that that other body on the mat, that other influence for that change that they would like. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so I you don't know, hopefully we didn't get too too long winded on no, that. No,
1: that's right, yeah, it's what we do. <laughs> <laughs>
0: all right big joe so uh, i think you you had a question for me too yeah i mean the, I yeah
1: quick question so i saw a, a video of a, a guy they were interviewing an older guy and he says he's like how how do you stay you know i think he was older than me maybe mid to late 50s but he's like he's like how do you stay like you know uh your how does your game how do you how do you say like not or how do you keep active in jujitsu with these young guys he's like i i do like a 70 30 he said i do a 70 30 method where I. Seventy percent of the time I'm going with like you know lower belts, mm-hmm. and then thirty percent of the time I'll go with like um the harder belts and i I actually kind of thought like yeah, that's probably where i'm I'm at you know where I'm more like a ninety ten I was joking around with someone. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, I mean I, I you know I'll go with it, whoever, but um I do think that you you your offense, you could work on stuff against, you know, lower belts because yeah. you know, they don't see it coming, right? But I,
0: yeah, I mean, that's why, you know, I think that's something, yeah. that's something that I actively do in my classes. Is I, I try to have partners that challenge the tr- they challenge certain, certain students in certain areas of their game so we can become well-rounded, you know, because mm-hmm. if you come to my class, like, I'm not going to, you know, you're not going to be partnered up with, you know, the gatekeeper every single day like, you know, the gatekeeper, he moves around the mat, you know, versus, you know, I have students that I want them to reach, you know, to see something about themselves. So they're going to get, you know, if there's, if it's a 150 pound student and all of a sudden he's going with big Joe, right. There's a reason for it. It's not because I'm just trying to be malicious, right. It's like, I want that student to to gain that confidence in his technique, like man, if I can move Big Joe, I can move anybody on the mat, right? <laughs> and it's just, like, you know, it's just a crazy example, but that's what mm. I want. Yeah, people, no. you know, things to—that's uh, the idea that I want this person to have because it's very important, you know. Even as adults, like I still have to build an adult's confidence. Mm-hmm. You know, just because he's an adult doesn't mean he's confident, right? right. I know sometimes we, a lot of times, we spend too much time talking about it when it comes to kids, and even uh, I've had some parents say, "Hey, I want my kid to build confidence." And I'm like, well, you know, don't take this the wrong way, but what about you? <laughs> right? So if if this idea came up for your son or daughter, I'm sure this has been lingering in the back of your head, how you can be a more confident parent, right? Or right. confident adult. And I, I love to I love to see those changes with people. I love to say, Hey man, you know, I finally was able to accomplish this. I was finally able to do that. Um, you know, because of the confidence that we built, you know, with you know and value that we built here on the map
1: yeah i i i sometimes I wish I could like take a break sometimes and when i when I see you match up people and I'm like I wish I could watch that because, um, you know it's kinda yeah. interesting and i I always wondered if you actually like put in your mind like i want him to go with him blah 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 and I know you do yeah. some i know I know you definitely do but um it's interesting yeah, I mean like, today I went against like two guys all technical mm-hmm. but I know I'm not gonna like try to muscle out of everything and I'm trying to you know just move around with them and I like it you know I like it and yeah. you know I don't you know it's just it, it's cool
0: yeah so. I, used to, I used to have uh, we used to have a student he moved back to california but um he was he he had a very west coast style to his jujitsu. Mm-hmm. you know and uh he was his jujitsu was you know quote-unquote laid back but because of that it would really cause a lot of mayhem for, for us <laughs> right. westerners midwesterners right because we were really forward and explosive
1: oh i didn't realize there was a east well, west coast oh, style Midwest. i didn't yeah. know i didn't I mean, know that, you travel, you that's interesting you ever
0: had the chance to travel the country and you go yeah. to different areas new different yorkers must of... be
1: a bunch of dickheads Then. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no i mean you know I've, i i haven't i don't know that's that's one that i have competed in the way we- in the mm-hmm. east in the mm-hmm. east coast um i want to say that the the two guys off the top of my head that i've that i know um Training the East Coast, um, black belt that now trains right over at a Ryan Hall's Academy fifty-fifty. Um He beat me in the ADCC Pro in New York. And then I beat him like a month or two after the Chicago Open. Cool. Um, but that guy, he, I mean, he, I don't know. He was definitely aggressive. It was aggressive for sure. Yeah. It was aggressive. You know, he definitely had some finesse to his game. But I mean, that, you know, so I think it's always harder to beat, the, beat your opponent, the same opponent, twice. So I think that second time around, it, uh, it was kind of a mirror of our first match, except I was right. on the winning on this time. So um, the West
1: Coast style couldn't, like messed up a few of the guys here a little
0: bit? Yeah, no, it really caught people off guard because and that's kind of one of the things that we talked about, I think, in the last episode was the importance of trying not to grunt on the mat. Uh, or not grunting on the mat period is because, you know, when you become stiff, you become slow, right? So if you're using a lot of muscle, a lot of effort to accomplish um, certain tasks on the mat, you can, you can see how that can become, you know, how that can slow you down because even that one second that you're muscling through a technique when, when you know, point in case your partner is able to stay slow, is able to stay relaxed, he's going to have the upper hand, um, and that's kind of where we see a lot of times, you know, people stall out as far as their progress is because we're relying too much on the technique and you, people will pass you by. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so keeping relaxed, keeping the importance of breathing. And, you know, when I would partner students up with, with, with that student at the time is because I had a lot of confidence in his skill, but also like I wanted people to see that type of, game yeah and how to model it themselves, right? You know, I think one of the biggest blessings for me coming out um at Black Belt was that my first couple matches were against, like I said, the Meow brothers and Mike Musumeki, who were at that time one, two, and three in my weight class. And I think that right there leveled up my jujitsu so much. But I kinda took the same thing back from them. Like as challenging as the matches were, you know, I looked back at my jujitsu and said, Hey, how can I you know if I felt that I was half a step to a quarter of a second behind these guys every time how can I how can I make up that difference right mm-hmm. of course yeah I can drill I can train harder I can add more training session on the mat I'm like but what can I do physically to help me with that and that's kind of where you know where the biggest influence on staying relaxed on the mat has helped and that and even now like if I got a, a guy that comes in, and it happened not, not too long ago. You know, I had a, a guy who, who who was looking to get back into, the, into jiu-jitsu. So he had a little bit of jiu-jitsu experience, but he was a bigger fella. Strong. You know, there was nothing wrong with the way that he trained. But I think the biggest difference maker, you know, other than obviously my experience, was the fact that he was a lot more, you know, nose to the grindstone versus my jiu-jitsu was more, you know, staying relaxed and, hey, you want to go to the right? I'll take you to the right type of deal right and that really that can really throw a lot of people off because if you're going hard right and this guy just gives you that extra momentum or that extra Mm -hmm. push you're gonna fly to the right right kind of as a basic example of that so um you know stay relaxed um different challenges on the map but kind of going back to what you're saying joe Mm -hmm. i think it's also a good way of keeping yourself from being injured Mm -hmm. and progressing right Because because um you know, if you're training, so let's say 80% of the time, make make these numbers even, 80% of the time you're training with somebody who is of less skill level you than you at this time, it does allow you to work that right. certain position. Going back to my knee, my knee on belly example, right? Mm-hmm. So for other listeners, I guess they're going to be gearing up for knee on belly escapes for next week. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, for me, like I can't take something even as basic as a knee on belly and say, Hey man, I'm going to, you know, if, if I can't pull this off on my tw- on my tra- on my black belt training partner today, it's, you know, it's out the window. It's a, it's a fail. No, it started with, can I do this to the tough blue belts on the mat today? Right. Mm-hmm. It's not a position that I'm going to essentially try on my white belt and, you know, <laughs> have the guy quit tomorrow because he can't, right. you know, like, I understand, yeah. you know, the, 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 you know the, the the pressure that that might bring, but you know if I got a hardened guy that's been training for three years, and this guy competes, right? And he's strong, and I have, and I'm in, I'm in tune with this training partner, right? Even though he's a blue belt, like he is the guy that I'm going to work this on. Right? Yeah. And at the same time, like that's I'm not, cool. You know, I'm yeah. not going to be, I'm not going to take it overboard, but I am going to find those finer details of why that technique works. Where can I improve it? you know so on and so forth but you can't necessarily do that if you're looking for every match to be you know the best guy in the room at all times yeah, for sure or else you're going to be doing your a maybe b game mm-hmm. 99% of the times you're never going to be able to add anything onto that game yeah. you know essentially my like my style of passing came from passing a lot of blue belts cards yeah purple belts cards right yeah. and then from there like you know brown belts started to get a little bit tougher so i'm like okay if i can't Pull it on him. Nothing wrong with the technique. I'm the one making the mistakes. I have to gear it back a little bit. But, yeah, having that 7 to 30, 80 to 20 uh, spread is is great, right? Um, And then it helps your training partners get better. It does, yeah. I tell my guys, you know, even my blue belts or purple belts, like, hey, man, if you can defend that neon belly that I'm doing with you today against me, like, you know, imagine doing that with somebody that's your level. Right. You're going to blow that neon belly off like it's nothing. Right. And
1: then usually after the roll, I'll tell. If they tried something on me, I'll be like, I won't tell them in the middle of the roll. But I'll be like, okay, come back to this position, do this, try this instead, maybe. Yeah, and that's a good point you, you know.
0: bring up, Joe. I think I think that will really help a lot of practitioners on the mat. Guys, very important, yeah. keeping the talking to zero, essentially, right? When yeah. it comes to sparring, it's just from a safety standpoint, and you know, there's some training partners out there that you might rub the wrong way. I know, I, I, for me when I was approval about you know so somebody would stop me mid to oh to right for whatever reason like to help you with your submission <laughs> or you just, name yeah. it i mean there right. was always something but i was like you know <laughs> it, it, it it would stay with me and even if like out of respect i didn't say anything with this to this person like mm-hmm. i'd avoid rolling with them just yeah. because it's like you know especially now like i have so many limited roles that i can essentially do right just because of my schedule like the last thing I want is a role that can only go two and a half minutes because this guy wants to talk to me or <laughs> yeah. like, I'm, dude, I'm always available for conversations. Right. Yeah. We opened up a podcast so I could talk to more people. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, let's do it then. Right. And that's, that's for anybody. And I think, you know, if you're, if you're on the other side of that, of that spectrum and you caught yourself, if you caught, you know, trading partners doing that to you, there's nothing wrong with saying, Hey buddy, I appreciate it, but let's save it for after the role. Right. right? Because, yeah, I got guys in here who they're on their lunch break training. You know, they got to get their, their rounds in, and they want to get their rounds in. Right. So we definitely have to save that for after. Cool. That's a good That's, that's good news. So. Anything else that you wanted to add for us today, Big Joe?
1: No, I think I'm I think we're good. I think we had think, a good I episode. I think we wore
0: you out this evening, man. <laughs> I think those technical typicals took it took it out of you. But, guys, I know we kind of we jumped around a lot today. There was a lot that, that we wanted to cover, but – I mean, a few of the key takeaways from, from this week's episode, guys, take it back with you to your academy, to your prospective academies. Um, you know, try simple and efficient, simple and efficient. Try being that change you want to be in your academy, right? Right. Now academy is perfect. Um, I think we, you know, I'm a little bit biased towards our academy, but I think we do the best job of taking care of our training partners. Um, so pass that help us be better by help us helping us implement you know those people at each weight class each belt level that will help you become a better practitioner and past that to become a better practitioner never forget to breathe you know try the 2080 split you know as far as you know toughness of training partners goes yeah. you know cuz i think for even if you're a white belt on the mat there's white belts that you can work stuff with there's white belts that may challenge you a little bit too much that they might not be the perfect person to try that new technique out today. Right. But, um, you know, past that. If you guys have anything that you'd like to share with us today, guys, again, always feel free to leave a comment down below. If, um, you took anything from this podcast that benefits your lifestyle on and off the mat, um, subscribe it really helps us, uh, helps us reach, reach new, uh, new listeners and then um tell your friends number three yes tell your friends if there's anybody out there life-changing podcast that can that you know i always say it if there's somebody you know you never know what you know your buddy is looking to hear to finally get them into the door so sometimes you know any little conversation might be that spark that gets them in and then you know us as instructors us as greeters you know it's our it's our job to step up and and have our swing at it and make sure that those people enjoy you know the the beautiful lifestyle that that jujitsu is so again guys thank you for everybody that, that stuck around till the end looking forward to, to seeing everybody's comments feel free to reach out to us
1: and uh, even yeah tell us on the mat i, I know i talked to some of you guys maybe aren't just listening but it's, if it's easier just to ask a question and i'll bring it up to bruce yeah.
0: or any you know for those of you that may not be local um, you know, find us on, on Instagram at B One BJJ Fitness. Uh, my personal tag is at Bruce B One BJJ. Um, I'll have uh, Coach Joe uh, tag those in this week's description, so um, you can reach out to both of us. Um, reach out to both of us. Like I said, many ways of, of communication here. We want to hear from you. We want to hear from you. We want to, you know, we want to make this podcast better. So help us out with that. All right, guys. Enjoy the rest of your week, and uh, looking forward to next episode. Yeah.